Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Genesis Invitational Golf DFS Show. My name is Dylan Bird, here with my co-host, Glenn Goodman, and we are back after a one-week hiatus. We're back to talk about golf, talk about the Genesis. We had a great, you know, great show for the Waste Management. Had a week off last week, but we're back, and I'm excited. Yeah, Dylan, really excited. Um, it's a loaded field this week. Um, it's almost major-esque in terms of uh, field strength, so it's going to be a great week. And both of us had very successful uh, DFS lineups for the Waste uh, two weeks ago in Scottsdale. Yeah, I mean, we did well. Um, obviously, two guys that we talked about a lot extensively during that show was Keegan Bradley in the 6K range and Matthew Neesmith in the 6K range. Neesmith was a co-leader after round one, and somebody in this chat had some financial stake on it. Yeah, had Neesmith <laughs> round one leader. Uh, wasn't bad um, at all to have that payday and played him in DFS uh, in my single entry lineups too. So, you know, whenever you get a 2% guy or whatever he was to come in like a T3, T5 um, finish, it was really good. Had Scotty Scheffler too. We, we, uh, we talked about him, low-owned Scheffler, 6%. Got to have that. Um, it sucked how Brooks ended up winning, so we didn't get any winner's equity, but it was successful not, nevertheless. Yeah, I mean, we had a good week. I thought uh, I thought the first golf show went well. I should say second because we did do the Masters. But, we did do the uh, Masters, yes. It was, it, was, uh, it was the first of the of the season. So that went well, and we're ready for the Genesis, which is basically like a major field here. Now, first, before we get into the Genesis Invitational here, and before we talk about the field, before we talk about the course info, just wanted to remind everyone about Thrive Fantasy, a partner of Sportsbird. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app, but for player props. So that's perfect for anyone who just who loves player props. And if you watch my channel, if you watch my NBA player prop videos, I'm sure that is you. So it will present you 10 prop options for PGA. you got to pick five of them and put them in your lineup and basically it'll give it a point total based on how risky it is so the more risky the prop the more points it is the more points you accumulate the better chance you have to win a cash prize now the best part about this for pga is if you're not into the cut, whole cut sweat thing then you could play each individual day each contest is an individual day for thrive fantasy so you don't have to worry about the cut sweat you don't have to worry about you know your days you know your tournament being over after friday $75,000 guaranteed in prizes weekly on Thrive Fantasy. If you sign up today using the promo code BIRD, B-U-R-D, you receive an instant match bonus up to $50 with a deposit of minimum of $20. You can download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or check it out at thrivefantasy.com. So be sure to do that. Promo code BIRD, Thrive Fantasy. Look, if you're, if you're watching this video, you automatically have an edge on people, so be sure to check it out. But let's get into it. Genesis Invitational. This field is unbelievable, Glenn, and I'm extremely excited. Oh, it's great. Um, we were going to get uh, Dustin Johnson last week after he came back from Saudi, but took the week off because of jet lag. Would have made, I guess, the field a little bit stronger last week when Berger won at Pebble, which was a great win. Berger is so good. That's two wins in, what, eight months? Um, it's kind of crazy how we didn't even qualify for the Masters last year or the one in November. Anyway, that's mind-boggling. We'll see him in April this year, but yeah, basically really excited for this week's field, really strong across the board. The only name guy that doesn't is not playing this week, Webb, Patty Reed, uh, Terrell Hatton. But other than that, across the board, straight studs. Um, it really is going to have a major type field this week. Really believe so. 
Yeah, so Genesis Invitational being played at Riviera Country Club in Pacific Palisades, California, which is the Los Angeles area. Par 71, 7,322 yards, POA greens. There are three there are three par five, so it's sort of like the waste in that um in that way, the way the course is set up. You got hole one, which is 511 yards, 59.6% birdie rate on hole one. Uh, I mean, obviously, if more than half the field is birding it, you got to do it. Um, probably out of all the tournaments that we've done, out of all the tournaments we've broken down, that has to be one of the highest birdie rates I've ever seen on a hole. Hole 11, another par 5, 572 yards, 34.7% birdie rate. Hole 17, 589 yards, 28.6% birdie rate. So look, another another uh, course where there's a par 71, only three par 5s. If you are playing this tournament and you want to do well, you've got to take advantage of those par 5s. Yeah, the par fives. I think hole one is. I think it's statistically maybe one or two of the easiest holes in all of PGA Tour. I think maybe day one on Thursday it may play like four ninety ish for a par five. So obviously a good tee shot. You're on the. I mean you're on the green too, regardless. Probably anything, but it's um you're gonna get some eagles there, and you're gonna need them because this is a long course. Um, there's some heavy daunting par fours and there's a par three that plays like 240. Um, you're going to have tough pin placements. Um, you know, you really got to birdie these par fives. If not, you're essentially, you know, losing strokes to the field, um, especially in a loaded field, especially on hole one. I know one of the par fives is probably going to play a little bit tougher, maybe towards the 600 yard range, but especially hole one, you got to get a birdie there. Um, pars on the par fours are what you strive for. You say, you got to get birdie somewhere. Um, and why not hole one? Yeah. And then obviously we haven't spoken about yet hole 10, which is an extremely famous hole. The short yep. par four playing at 285 yards. I'm sure that'll vary a little bit day to day. 26.6% birdie rate there. Rory called it on uh, golf channel. Had this video that today Rory called it the quote unquote best drivable par four in the world. So look, it's going to be a show on hole 10 and you know, you got all these big hitters these days. We know pretty much every golfer on tour could reach. It's just the green, the way it's set up, the green is extremely narrow and basically there's a ridge just short of the, of the green. And then there's trees to the left of the green. So if you miss, if you miss left, you could be kind of in the trees a little bit behind the trees. Then there's a lot of bunkers surrounding the, uh, around surrounding the narrow green to the right. So it's not an easy, it, it is an easy hole in terms of birdie rate, but it's one that you need to birdie and you know, you you got to make sure you got to, you have a good tee shot on there, but it should be interesting hole to, to watch. I mean, Bubba Watson, I was reading said he's played the hole a million different ways before and never still does not know the proper, <laughs> proper way to play it. So it'll be and interesting. That's what you love. Sorry to interrupt you there, but yeah, <laughs> these short par fours are, are really good. Um, and speak of the short par fours last week at Pebble, they moved the tees back. I think it may have been 10 there also. Uh, they moved the tee. It was playing like, what, 440, 450, maybe 460 a couple days. And they moved it up to, what, 340 on uh, Sunday. So it was like a 100-yard difference. So it really is good. Um, and you spoke about it great. All these players love this par four. And it's great to watch as well. When, when guys are driving the green on the par four, um, it's exciting. It really, you know, if you're down two strokes, drive the green, you have an eagle putt right there. Or, you know, tree trouble, as you said, and I know added bounce play is pretty pivotal in that as well. So a lot of things could happen on those short par fours. Yeah, and I just want to get into what stats are going to matter on this course. So the first thing that we're going to talk about is approach. Obviously, always matters. We always weight approach heavily. 
This time, I'm waiting approach in my model on fantasynationalgolf.com. I'm also waiting a few different like approach categories as well. So 150 to 175 yards, that's the most common approach on this course. So I'll be waiting that significantly. And then tied pretty much in second as the two next most important approach ranges are 175 to 200 and 200 plus at around the same in second place there. So I'll be waiting those approaches as well. Also, as we just mentioned, strokes gained par fives are going to be extremely important. Strokes gained par fours. Um, from 400 and from 400 to 450 yards and then 450 to 500 yards. Those are going to be extremely important. Now, why that there, there are five par fours between 400 and 450 yards. There are also five par fours between 450 and 500 yards. So those two categories are extremely important. You're going to have to gain somewhere on those par fours. Um, what else are you looking at in terms of stats this week? I have a few more here, but I want to get your, your, your take first before we go on. Yeah. So, I usually normally weight driving distance pretty pretty high, uh, but some courses, you know, you don't need the the full on drivers like the webs of the world who can stick their wedges really well. But on this course, I really am waiting driving distance as the number one weight on my uh, fantasy national golf uh, model, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the way I'm approaching Riviera this week is the longer hitter should win. Um, if you're driving the ball top ten in the field. Those longer par fours, let's say a 470 yard par four, you may have 135, 140 with just a high iron right there, maybe even a wedge, Bryson, stuff, uh, longer hitters like that. So if you drive the ball really well in terms of driving distance, it'll set you up to have some nice, shorter approach shots. Hopefully landed in, and then it's just a putting. It's a putting uh, week as well. Obviously, it always is. Tournaments are won on the greens, and we're gonna have POA greens this week. Uh, a little bit fast, pretty rocky. Uh, it's gonna be, you know, definitely. You'll see a lot of three putts this week, and that's the name of the game. Who can stick those putts? So, longer shots lead to you know, shorter approaches and hopefully closer uh, putts. So that's that's the way I'm going. Driving distance. Yeah, I mean, I am waiting um, strokes gained off the tee and driving distance a little bit as well as it is a longer course. Now, you mentioned something that I thought was very interesting. So obviously, I always, I know you barely weight putting in your model at all. I always weight it like slightly, like 5%. But something you mentioned is you're going to see a lot of three putts this week. Now, one thing that I decided that I was going to weight this week as well is three putt avoidance. Um, I think it's pretty important this week. If you go on fantasynationalgolf.com, the winners have significantly avoided three pots more than you know pretty much everyone else in the field that's a huge factor this week you know three putt avoidance so i'm basically going to wait putting a little bit and then wait three point uh three putt avoidance as well um also we have scrambling so i, I think that i i waited scrambling minimally like probably around two percent obviously i'm going to get the i'm going to give everyone the direct um uh, model the exact model i use but i thought that you know i was digging through some stats on fantasy national golf here and I thought it was pretty interesting that the scrambling percentage here is a little bit higher than normal. And the driving accuracy here is a lot lower than normal. So you figure that guys are going to have to scramble. In addition, the driving accuracy basically has no correlation with the winner at all. In fact, that in fact the winners actually had less average, fa uh, average fairways gained compared to the field, according to Fan Fantasy National Golf. So that just shows that driving accuracy is not the most important not really important at all here. So just something to keep in mind. I did wait uh, scrambling slightly, also waited around the green a little bit as well, which I normally like to do, and also waited slightly uh, greens in regulation, which is always important and important here as well as the 
you know, the winners had significantly more greens in regulation than the rest of the field. Yeah, around the green is also very important here. There's some a lot of bunkers on these holes. Um, even if the hole is short, you're going to have a lot of bunkers around it. I know hole 10 has a lot of bunkers around it. Um, the rough shouldn't be too bad um, in terms of thickness, but around the green always important. And in a field like this, you need to scramble well. You need to go up. You need to get up and down well to save par. You know who can have these three, three to four foot putts for par to save par instead of the six to seven to eight um and obviously you hit the nail right there with uh three put avoidance so i guess that basically means don't pick uh nate lashley this week <laughs> that was brutal to watch last week i, I like i i feel for the guy because everyone who has played golf before has been in that situation before i cannot imagine having it happen where it basically costs you like 600k based on that based on <laughs> that uh three putt uh, I believe it was 16 at Pebble. Now, I will read down my exact model right now. So this is a complicated one. Um, I thought that the waste management, building the model was a lot more straightforward than the Genesis. I think there's a lot of things that go into this course, um, just the way it's set up. I have 10% strokes gained off the tee, 20% strokes gained approach, 7% strokes gained around the green, 3% strokes gained putting, 10% strokes gained par five, 6% Strokes gained on par fours, 450 to 500 yards, also 6% um, on strokes gained on par fours, 400 to 450. 8% driving distance, 5% greens in regulations gained, 12% proximity, 150 to 175, 4% uh, proximity, 175 to 200, 4% proximity, 200 plus, and then I basically did 3% three-putt avoidance, 2% scrambling. So I, I kind of did the method of, I know me and you have a lot different methods to do modeling. And honestly, both of ours worked, you know, last time we did it in the waste management. So it just shows that multiple different methods of modeling and weighting could all work out. You are, you tend to more just weight the more important categories more where I try to get everything in there to be more precise. So would love to hear your model as well, because I know that we're going to have significantly different models, even though it may end up with similar results. Yeah. And uh, I apologize. And I'm home this week uh, instead of school. Um, so I don't have my monitor next to me to look at. So I'm using my phone. But uh, I'm waiting driving distance the most this week at 30%. I was considering 40%. I go, okay, that's a little bit too much. Uh, driving distance, 30%. Around the green, 20%. So that's right there, half right there, 50%. Um, opportunities gained. So I guess how many times are you within 15 feet for birdie look? Um, relative to the field um, at 15%, approach 15%, par four efficiency from 450 to 500 um, at 10%, and then three-point avoidance, 5%. And I also weighted DraftKings points at 5%. Some of these guys are just score well in DraftKings. Now, I want to explain this a little bit because I think it's an important um thing to mention let's have two players for example a luke list and a tyler duncan and these two guys can both let's say they finish the same score at uh minus seven how are they getting to the minus seven tyler duncan's probably gonna have a lot more pars less birdies and less bogeys you know list may have a ton of birdies but he may get like four doubles in terms of DraftKings, that's going to be more – he's going to have more points in terms of – because he's birdieing. So I waited DraftKings points a little bit. Wanted to see if that can spice up a little couple of things, you know, the Fratellis of the world, stuff like that. They accumulate a lot, a lot of DraftKings points, three birdies in a row. Obviously, there's a boost on DraftKings for that. So 
just sprinkle that in there because why not? Yeah, I'm actually curious to see how that works out. That's not something that I have ever done, but I think that it is an important point that you did bring up that some guys will have the same score, but score you know differently based on how they golf. Um, but I do want to get right into the 10K range now that we spoke about the course. Look, I'm excited to talk about the 10K range here. We obviously have our... So first of all, we got a visual for this week. We got the little ticker on the bottom for the pricing. So we're going to have that for each range. And we have six guys that we are going to talk about in this uh, in this range, this 10 to 11K range. That is... Do we have six or five, actually? Five five guys that we're going to talk about in this range. That is Dustin Johnson at 11,300. Justin Thomas, 10,700. Uh, 10, Rory McIlroy, 10,500. John Rahm, 10,400. Bryson DeChambeau, 10,100. Where are you looking right now in terms of, uh, in terms of this, this, uh, this grouping? Yeah, so we set at the waist. Uh, most of the top-tier guys have similar win equity. Um we hit the nail on Xander. Too bad he couldn't get it done on Sunday. Um, but in terms of this week, I mean, I, I hate to say it again. You really can't, can't go, go wrong with any of these guys, but I definitely will have some DJ shares. I think his head's and shoulders above the field, but 11-3 is pretty steep. Um, I think you are getting maybe a little bit of discount on Rom at, what is he, 10-4. Um, I think that the second probably – Golf, best golfer in the world. I guess him and JT are subject to change. A 10-4 could be a little bit of a bargain. And as well as Brayson at 10-1, um, being the longest hitter on tour and obviously playing well and has played this course progressively better each time he's played at Riviera. So I hate to be sound like a broken record. This 10K range is accurately priced in terms of the top guy, Dustin Johnson. But I, I guess Rom at 10-4 with I guess Rory and JT ahead of him, maybe a little bit of a head scratcher um, in terms of consistency, but probably going to pivot to ownership, as we always say. Yeah, I mean, look, we say the same thing with the 10K range each week. Any of these guys here could win the tournament. I don't think you could get go wrong with taking any of them. Now, the question is, are you going to get a big discount um, somewhere um, along the lines here? Now, one mistake that we made, and honestly, it was just it was kind of a misread by us. Um we thought that Rory was going to be an ownership discount at uh, the waist. He wasn't. Um, he ended up having a nice Sunday to get it, to have a, a pretty solid finish in the tournament. Um, but I think that, you know, it just goes to show that ownership projections are not always the most accurate. You know, obviously it's a, it's a great tool to help. Um, but yeah, you have to, you have to be careful for sure. Now I will not be going back to Rory after just his, his, <laughs> his play is just, I mean, that was a roller coaster for us at the waste management he had days where he's grinding at a U.S. Open at a he's grinding he's grinding at a tough course at the waste management, and then days where you know like Sunday where it looks so easy. And I think his game is just not where it's supposed to be right now. So I likely will not be going to Rory at ten five. I for sure will be going to Dustin Johnson at you know at, at as the highest price guy at eleven thousand three hundred. Yeah, he's the highest price guy, but it's definitely you know warranted. I mean, he's Dustin Johnson. He he's first in my model this week. He ranks in his last twenty four rounds according to Fantasy National Golf ranks first in approach. 10th in around the green in strokes gained around the green first in strokes gained par fours from 450 to 500 yards 13th in strokes gained 400 to 450 fifth in driving distance first in greens and regulation third in, in three putt avoidance look you can't go wrong with dustin johnson he's the favorite in this tournament for a reason 
So I will be going to Dustin Johnson. He will come with ownership is uh, with pretty high ownership as well. But honestly, I don't care about that. I will look to pivot um, other places in terms of ownership. Other guys, I'm other guys I'm looking at. I probably will play play some of Rom at ten thousand four hundred, just because I think it's a little bit of a puzzling price for him. Um, may probably will get to probably will get to Bryson as well at uh four at uh ten thousand one hundred. Now, like you said, Bryson being the longest hitter on tour has obviously a bigger advantage. Now he did not show up high in my model. He showed up actually thirty first in my model, Bryson, but. Fourth and uh, but you know he's he's gonna be you know first in strokes gained off the tee. That's pretty much almost a given every single week. Like he's uh, he's up there at least top three, top five at you know at minimum. Um, the one thing with Bryson is sometimes you know the approach is wishy washy, and as a result, that's why he's a little bit lower in my model. Um, I don't worry about that too much with him. Now I think that one guy I'm gonna definitely keep an eye on if we're looking at ownership strictly here. Um, one guy that maybe that again this is just Monday night, so ownership is not great right now not a great sample size at all however in weeks prior it usually doesn't change too too much so i mean yeah it could change but justin thomas right now coming in at you know pretty low owned compared to these other guys you know kind of around the same as rory but i'm not going to rory but i you know if if jt is going to get an ownership discount that's a no-brainer for me um jt ranks fourth in my model 10th in strokes gained approach fifth in strokes gained around the green Second in strokes gained par fours, 450 to 500 yards. Seventh in strokes gained in a, in a proximity, 150 to 175. And 10th in scrambling, plus top 20 in a bunch of other categories that I listed out before. So I think that, you know, I could be looking at four of these. I could be, you know, probably playing four of these guys. Um, probably not Rory, but I probably will look to get four of these in the lineup. Now, I think that who I get the most of will probably depend on ownership plus Dustin Johnson. Yeah. Um I agree, but I'm going to – I'll have exposure to all these guys, but obviously Dustin is clearly the best golfer in the world, and that price is warranted. And then the next question you got to ask yourself is you want to stack uh, JT and DJ, and then I guess you're going to have to go straight to the 7K range around, or do you want to start with Bryson and then maybe get a guy in the upper nines and then mid eights and then go down? So there's a lot of strategy we could work with here. Um can't go wrong with either any of these guys, but obviously Dustin has, I guess the biggest win equity. He's like five and a half to one to win the tournament, which is crazy considering he was, I think five and a half to one last week in an awful field before he withdrew. And then you add 10 amazing golfers, 10 of the best golfers in the world into the field, plus others in the twenties and the thirties. And he's the same price. So Dustin is clearly the best in the world. You clearly read all his stats. It's one across the entire board um so yeah are you gonna move have him first and then pair him with a lower 10k range or go straight to the nines or do you want to go him and rom or him and jt then go down obviously we'll discuss this but it's pretty sums it up on the 10k range um i want to i want to i want to mention one thing before we move on to nines is that i think that we were completely strong on going stars and scrubs for the waste now, did that pay off for us? Yes, but we did miss out on a, on the winner ultimately in the 8K range and Brooks Kepka, both of us. Um, that being said, I think that this week I'm leaning more away from stars and scrubs off first glance. I think that there are a lot of guys in the 9, 8, 7K range that I want, high 7K range, I should say, that I want to get to. So I think that I'll, I'll be going more of a 
not completely balanced, but I would say like maybe one from each tier or something like that, more along the lines of that rather than a stars and scrubs lineup. That's just me off a of first glance. Yeah. Um, it probably could be the safer play. Um, it's obviously nice having that balance and you're not relying on those, you know, lower to mid six K guy ranges. Um, I had to rely on, I guess, doc Redman um, at the waist um he barely missed the cut i think he three putted from like maybe 12 feet something like that um to miss the cut um so it's definitely you probably have a better chance of getting sixes of sixes going the route of a more balanced lineup um this week it's a tougher course um than waste um by a lot obviously so yeah it's i think you can't go wrong with either um it's just preference at that point but i am for a balanced lineup this week as well maybe not dip your toes into that lower sixes just maybe stay on the higher sixes 68 plus to get that more balanced maybe not even dip into the sixes go sevens as your men um for sure yeah now let's move into the 9k range here Again, got to get our graphic up for the night. <laughs> we have Xander Shoffley at 9,900. Brooks Kepka 9,700. Patrick Cantley at 9,600. Colin Morikawa, 9,500. Daniel Berger, 9,400. Tony Finau, 9,300. Jordan Spieth, who is charging up based on the last <laughs> two weeks, 9,200. Hideki Matsuyama, 9,100. And then Adam Scott, the winner of last year's Genesis Invitational at 9,000. What is your take off of first glance on this 9K range? Yeah, personally, I think it's a loaded range. Um, I think there's a ton of golfers in this range that are just exceptional, um, really provide amazing win equity. Um, Xander at 99, I think that was my first thing that I looked and I go, wait, Xander's on the 10K range. Uh, you're probably gonna have a high, an insanely high ownership tag with him, but come on. I think all of us can agree maybe Xander is maybe the second best in terms of consistency right now outside of DJ. Um, maybe he's the most consistent golfer. I think he's one in DK points um, in my model. I mean, at 9,900 for that guy, look, even though he doesn't win, he's there every week on Sunday. Uh, second place finishes, third, fifth, final pairing, this, that. Um, so he caught my eye, but also Cantley caught uh, my eye, went to him. Uh Finished last week very strong. Honestly, thought he was going to win. Just had a cold putter. Couldn't make his 12-footers. Um, he's playing amazing golf right now. Um, he was the runner-up to Siwoo at the Amex, I believe. Um, he's coming home to his hometown. He is from the area. Uh, says he loves Riviera. Uh, he, and he says he's playing his best golf of his career right now. So, can't lay at – I'm looking at the tracker on the bottom, 9,600. Why not? Sign me up. He's playing great golf. Um Probably going to take a flyer on Brooks. Maybe he's parting too hard after uh, his waste win. Doesn't normally like California that well, uh, playing here at least. But, yeah, my eye gravitated towards Xander at 9-9 and Cantley at 9-6. Pretty low, I think, for Cantley. Could have thought maybe he was 9-8, 9-9. Yeah, so I think you make a, pretty good, uh, a few pretty good points here. Just want to read off some early ownership projections. I should say way too early ownership projections <laughs> for the 9K range. You got Xander coming in at 16.9%, the highest owned guy 
projected in the entire field, which is completely what I expect. You touched on it. I tweeted about it earlier. I expect Xander to be the most owned guy in this in this field. I mean, 9,900 is a pretty ridiculous price for a guy like Xander. I think he should definitely be in the 10K range. He ranks second in my model. And honestly, I think that the ownership may be so high that if you're that it could be worth it could be worth trying to fade him this week. But then again, I think to myself, in a top five machine, how could I do that? So I'm I'm currently neutral on him right now. I'm not exactly sure which way I'm gonna go, but way too early ownership projections. You got Xander at 16.9, Brooks at eight, only eight percent, Patrick Cantley, 15.9%, Colin Morikawa, 12.5%, Daniel Berger coming off a win, 6.9%. Tony Finau, 14.4%. Jordan Spieth, 5.6%. Hideki Matsuyama, 8.9%. Adam Scott, 13.3%. Again, these are per fantasy national golf. Now, I want to bring up what you said about Patrick Cantley playing some of the best golf of his career. Now, Patrick Cantley, the last two tournaments he's played in, Pro-Am, AT&T Pro-Am, Pebble, gained 12.7 strokes. Now, the Amex, the one before that, the tournament he played in before that, he gained 16.5 strokes. Think about that. And he didn't win either one. Came in second and third. Now, what held him back? I wouldn't say anything particularly like held him back. Um, I guess his putter was a lot colder for the for Pebble Beach. He gained 6.6 yeah. strokes putting at the Amex, 2.8 on the green uh, at the at Pebble. But yeah, I think Patrick Cantley, even with the ownership, is a guy that's a must play based on how he's playing this, uh, how he's playing. Comes in 21st in my model, which isn't great, but honestly, his proximity uh, from 150 to 175 is at 116. Um, so that's just completely driving down his stock, and almost everything else is ranked in the top 10 or top 20 out of the stats I used. So that's a little bit of an outlier that's bringing him down. Also, his, his proximity um, from 200 plus to 93. I'm not too worried about based on how he's been playing. Clearly, it's not been reflected in his scoring. Um, so yeah, Patrick Cantley, a guy that I really like this week. I already gave you my thoughts on Xander. Brooks, I probably will not go to this week. I think that a few guys you got to look at for sure. I look if I'm gonna if I can get owner, I, I know uh, very often it's not very often that guys win back to back weeks, but if I can get Daniel Berger at what what did I say he was six point six point nine percent ownership. I don't know if he'll end up being that low, but if I can get Daniel Berger at low ownership, I feel like that's hard to pass up personally. Yeah, it is hard. Uh... It's like saying Scotty Scheffler six percent in in the field at the waist, um, just off Scotty playing pretty poorly before that. But yeah, uh, it's always tough getting the winner after uh, playing the winner the previous week. Uh, who knows? Berger is on his boat probably right now, which is named I think DB Straight Vibin. So we we don't know if he's gonna come out, you know. Too well. No, I say that jokingly. Berger's a phenomenal golfer and 6% on. I'm going to have him in some lines for sure. Um, we didn't discuss Finau. Finau's also playing really well, uh, consistent. You're always going to have the high ownership with him. Uh, another really long hitter um, that maybe people want, the average golf fan doesn't think Tony Finau. I think Finau is top three in driving distance. Um, playing really well, too. I mean, he always plays well. Um, but he could have won in Saudi, uh, gave DJ a big run for his money. I think he bogeyed two of the last three, typical Tony fashion. But, yeah, this 9K range, it's loaded. I probably will be fading Brooks as well. Um, I will have exposure to most of these guys in the 9K range, not much of Brooks. So if I had a fade, it would be him um, out of this range. Um, 
I know we didn't speak of that much, but Scott is the defending winner here. He's not playing well right now. His irons are completely off. Um, so his approach game is really struggling. Um, pretty much can't get all that facet altogether um, to play a consistent tournament. But he is a defending champ. He won here last year. Um, I don't know when the last time we saw him. Maybe three weeks ago? Um, maybe the week before Waste, I think we saw him, and he was in contention. It was the week Reed won, um, I believe. That was the week. Um, so, yeah, that pretty much sums what I think of the 9K range. Any last comments on you um, yeah. in terms of this range? Okay, so I just wanted to bring up a few a few things. So, first of all, Finau is a guy that I'm looking at. Comes in eighth yeah. in the model. I mean, fourth in proximity, 150 to 175, which we mentioned is the most common approach shot on this course. Also, fourth yeah. in proximity, 200 plus. We know the guy is going to hit great off the tee. 12th in driving distance in the last – 24 rounds and honestly he's normally higher than that 22nd off the uh, strokes gained off the tee in the last 24 rounds and again once again he's normally higher than that so i think Finau's, you know he's one of those guys that you could you know like like xander but like to a little to a little bit of a lower price range you could expect tony Finau if you play him to finish really really well obviously he'll come with ownership but i like him um now i do want to mention an anomaly that i found in hideki matsuyama who we didn't talk about at all just an interesting stat I probably will not play Matsuyama. Comes 34th in my model. Hasn't been playing great at all. Um, and the reason why is he just can't putt for his life. Um, <laughs> but, but ironically, he ranks 106th in terms of strokes gained putting in his last 24 rounds. But he ranks 5th in 3-putt avoidance. Just an interesting stat there. So he can't putt. He loses strokes putting, but he doesn't three putt ever. Yeah, I guess that just means he, you know, yep. misses his 12 to 15 yeah. footers, 20 footers, 25 footers. I can't get any to, to fall down that week. Um, Maltzi was a good golfer. Let's 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 face the facts. The guy's irons when he's you know playing well um, are second to none. Um, I think if terms of if he's a low ownership play, I think you could get a you know a nine one Hideki. You know, before I think I texted you before, could we get like eight seven Matsuyama, maybe eight eight, maybe eight nine? Um, which I think he may have been an autoplay down there. Nine one, I guess maybe DraftKings, you know, not giving you much discount there on him. Um, the guy the guys ahead of him, obviously you can't argue, maybe Spieth, but he's playing amazing right now, so sure you can. Um Yeah, but yeah, I guess Matsuyama doesn't three putt much. And one other guy I want to mention here, um, that we didn't get too much into. Colin Morikawa finished yeah. seventh in the last two tournaments he played on a course where I feel like approach is going to matter a ton. Um, and he I loves Cali. He loves Cali. I mean, he's a Cali guy. It always does. This is a guy who always gains in approach. I mean, comes 15th in my model, ranks fifth in strokes gained approach in his last 24 rounds, first in proximity yeah. 175 to 200, 23rd in proximity 150 to 175. I mean, this is a guy who's going to be lights out with his irons. I think that'll help him a lot. So, yeah, I'll definitely be sure to get some more Colin this week. For sure. We both love Colin. Uh, I expect a big week out of Colin. And now he's let's, definitely playable. Yeah, I mean, and now let's move on to the 8K range here. Some interesting yeah. names. I feel like with the 8K range here, I'm either way in or way out on people. So let's read it off. We got Bubba Watson, a three-time winner here yes. at $2,900. <laughs> Joaquin Neiman, $8,800. Victor Hovland, $8,700. Mark Leishman, $8,600. Scotty Scheffler, $8,500. Cameron Smith, $8,400. Will Zalatoris, Willie Z, $8,300. Max Homa, who's been playing great lately, $8,200. And Matthew Wolf, $8,100. And last but not least, in the 8K range, 
8K flat. We got Jason Kokrak. Thoughts, early thoughts on the 8K range? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's scattered. Um, obviously, in terms of golf quality, from 8,000 in Kokrak to you know the guy that headlines it. I mean, I don't know Bubba, but Hovland at 8,700. In terms of quality of golfer, that is huge. Um, I think you could get a little bit discount on Hovland here, to be honest. Uh, at eight seven, uh, I think people can argue Hovland maybe nine one, nine two. Um, but just it just shows you that when there's such a loaded field that there is this week, um, and in terms of difficulty and you know field strength, it's like major esque, uh, World Golf Championship esque. So eight seven Hovland. I mean, you may not see this that often, especially if if he has a good week here this week. Uh, haven't checked his ownership yet, Dylan. So if you want to, I don't know what he, what he's currently trending at, but Hovland's a great golfer. Uh, he's playing well too. Um, could have won the tournament. Reed won. I'm blanking out on that, but uh, the name of that. But yeah, I think he's a great golfer, and irons are really dialed in. The putter is getting better, also. Um, I expect Vic to have a huge week, and I'm definitely gonna have a lot of stake at him at 8700. Yeah, it was the Farmers Insurance. Opening. The Farmers, yeah, the Farmers and, at Tory. He, he, he came played to tough Tory Pines. They played yeah. tough Tory Pines really well, and it was that glass like five hole stretch which ended up you know costing him some money. But I think he what finished top five. He's yeah, he finished second place. So I mean, I have, yeah, I have Hovland at ninth in my model. I'm huge on him this week. Um, I think, like you said, you get a price discount. As a result, he's the highest projected owned guy in the AK range of 14.1% yeah. on, on, on Fantasy National Golf's way-too-early ownership projections. Um, ranks eighth in strokes gained off the tee last 24 rounds. Um, fifth in strokes gained par fours, 450 to 500. Third in greens in regulation games. Second in proximity, 200-plus. Victor Hovland, I think you get a great discount here. Now, let me talk to you. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I, before you, I just let me say, I can just picture Hovland on the 10th tee right now. You know, the announcer saying, oh, he's going to lay up on this. Hey, it's tough pin placement today. It's really narrow. He doesn't want to avoid that bunker. I could see him talking to his caddy, whipping out that big driver and just driving that green. Uh, he has no he has no, no nervousness in terms of, you know, afraid to drive the ball, drives afar. I'm, I'm, I'm all in on Hovland this week. Yeah, so I'm huge on Hovland. Now, a few other guys I want to mention is Joaquin Neiman at 8,800, ranks uh, 13th in my model. Look, this is going to be a breakout year for, year for Neiman. Really young, has been playing phenomenal each time he's out there. Um, 13th in the model, 10th in strokes gained off the tee last 24. First in the strokes gained par 4, um, 450, uh, 400 to 450. Ninth in, uh, ninth in driving distance. So, I mean, look, these are all important stats this week. 14th in greens and reg. Uh, 15th in proximity, 175 to 200, 28th in proximity, 200 plus. The one stat that is not great here that's honestly probably bringing him down is that he ranks 104 in proximity, 150 to 175, which is the most common shot. Not too worried about that based on the way he's been playing in general. Look, I'm huge on Neiman. Yeah, he's going to probably have significant ownership as well with the way he's been playing, but I like him. And look, just keep in mind that if you're going to take one of these high-owned guys then make sure that just the net, that in the 9K range, you take one of the low-owned guys. Just scatter it a little bit and make sure you're not just taking complete chalk throughout the way. Another guy doesn't rank high in my model at all at 67, but Scotty Scheffler projected like below 6% 6, 6 ownership again at 8,500. If he goes that low, I think that, you know, I think that his, 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 his uh, stats in my model, his rank in my model at 67, it's being brought down by the two tournaments he played before Waste, which he was awful in. 
But yeah. Um, golfer. Yeah. And I mean, Will Zalatoris, another guy, Will Zalatoris, third in my model, uh, didn't play well last week at Pebble, gets a significant price discount here at 8,300. Will he probably be decently owned um, at that, that price? Maybe, but I think that you could see a little bit of an ownership discount on Zalatoris due to the fact that he just didn't play well last week. And a lot of the amateur people who join these contests go strictly off of how they've been playing. So I think you could get a little bit low ownership, but the number one guy that I want to talk about, sorry that I'm dragging this out a little bit, but I am absolutely huge on Matthew Wolf at $8,100 this week. I'm huge in terms of the betting market for him. He's 80 to one. I think that's a must bet. Um, now ownership, early ownership here coming in at just 6.5%. Good reasoning for it. He's playing like garbage lately. If we're being honest, um, I mean, just looking at his previous results here, 36th in waste, 40th in Amex, um, missed the cut at the masters, which was the tournament before that he played. But I, I mean, look, those last two tournaments, 36 and 40th, is he, is he playing well? No. Did he, is he, is he a guy that could turn it on at any moment? Yes. And I also want to say that he ranks very highly in my model, um, ranks 20th in my model. So eighth in his last 24 rounds he's eighth in approach um he's first in proximity 150 to 175 which is one of the most important stats in my model this week sixth in proximity 200 plus where what is killing him right now he's 116th around the green so that's a problem okay but yeah. if he could just have a decent around the green week i think that his approach and obviously this is a guy who hits it a mile off the tee for me getting matthew wolf won at eighty one hundred dollars which is as cheap as you'll probably get him the rest of the year $8,100, add that to the ownership you're going to get him at, which could be very low. I think it's a must play. Yeah, and the Wolf construction, if you want to go that route, obviously probably depends on, you know, which are the top, the, the upper tier guys you're going with. Are you going with a DJ? Or are you going with maybe a lower owned, uh, lower price Bryson? Um, or you start even at the high 9K range, which you definitely can this week because there's elite talent there. Um but yeah, Wolf inconsistent at its finest. Um, we know his how good he can be. U.S. Open going into Sunday with a, with, with a lead, um, finishes at you know great tournaments elsewhere. Um, if Matthew Wolf can you know have an average around the green week, get the driver you know going a little bit, um, last nice eagle putts I'm sure on one, uh, get his birdies in bunches as he always does. You know, sure eighty one hundred pretty low for him but you know as we say you know an 8100 matt wolf last week if he were to play at at&t and if he was 8100 obviously he wouldn't be because the field was so bad compared to this week but the field this week so good and an ak range which is definitely you know spattered i'd rather have wolf than you know maybe a zalatoris this week or even a scheffler um, or a Cam Smith, but there's good golfers here. Um, and a lot of these golfers are, you know, trending in the right direction. Scheffler obviously was in the final grouping Sunday, uh, last week, uh, two weeks ago at the waste. Um, but yeah, I, I can definitely be persuaded into playing uh, wolf this week. And you mentioned around the green needs help. So hopefully he's not really in those uh, deep bunkers around the greens, um, this week, or even the fairway bunkers, uh, and you mentioned Neiman as well, who is trending in the right direction, and he's just a phenomenal golfer. And um, I'm excited for this week for Neiman. Uh, he's been off. I think he's been back in Chile. He's dealing with family tragedy, stuff like that. Um, I believe someone has cancer in his immediate family or cousin. He's been doing great things with that. So we give 
we give them our regards um, and well wishes down there. But Neiman's back. I see him on Insta stories. He's he's at the driving range every day. He's putting in the work. And that's really when you can learn from some of these guys. Where are these current forms? Let's go to their social medias. They post. That's how you can maybe get a little bit of edge. Is Matthew Wolf, you know, feeling it this week? Who knows? You know, maybe go to his Insta stories. How is he driving the ball? How is he talking to the reporters? How what is he saying to the fans? And honestly, in a game of golf that's so individual based. Why not go that extra route, extra bit of research? Maybe you want some of those intangibles that really, you know, can go that long way. Yeah, of course. And with that, let's get right to the Instagram stories of the 7K range. So <laughs> I'm not going to read off all the 7K guys because it's just way too many. But a few guys. So I think that the 7K range, um, you have your guys that have been very chalky the last few weeks. And those guys will continue to be very chalky. Am I going to play some of those guys? Yes. But do you, again, do you have to look at some of these guys um, who could possibly bring in low ownership as well? Yes. So I'm going to talk about some of the guys up in the upper seven, uh, 7K range here, guys who are going to be very popular. You got Carlos Ortiz, Siwoo Kim, Cameron Tringali, Russell Henley always comes in very popular. These guys, look, they're all good plays this week. Um, I think that if you know if you look at their ownership, coming in early ownership, Carlos Ortiz coming in at 16.4 early yeah. ownership and honestly, well-deserved. He should probably be priced higher than this, the way he's been playing. Um, Russell Henley at 11% at 7,800 as well. Siwoo Kim at 9,000 uh, at a uh, 9.5% coming in at 7,700. Cameron Tringali, another guy who's been in great form lately, 12.2%. Uh, but I think those are all guys that are going to be worth playing this week. The question is again, don't stack them with other chalk guys. Um, just want to read, um, a little bit of Carlos Ortiz lately. So first of all, I'll, I'll go down and say where these guys rank in my model. You got Henley who ranks 16th in my model because of, you know, his approach game is so good. He's always going to rank high in my model. And that's pretty much, that's always the reason why he's high owned third in strokes gained approach last 24, third in strokes gained par four, four, 400 to 450 seventh in proximity, 175 to 200. So look, Henley's approach is always going to be great. He'll always be a popular play down in the seven K range. Um, Carlos Ortiz comes in 22nd in my model. Again, great form recently, eighth and around the green, seventh strokes gained par five, third proximity, uh, 200 plus, and first in three put, three putt avoidance, which we discussed is a very important stat this week. Now, I do want to talk about Siwoo, Siwoo Kim. So, Siwoo, seventh in my model, may just be one of my favorite guys from the 7K range, maybe my favorite. Not yeah. even seven on tour. We, we, we both love Siwoo. Yeah, I mean, he. so he's he's had... He's had a, I believe the last tournament he played, which was the waste. I, he didn't play at Pebble, did he? Did he? I play think he Pebble? missed the cut. He missed the cut. I think he missed the cut at. at oh, he did. Okay. At, yeah, so, he missed the cut. So actually, the last three events he's played, he's been very poor. Missed cut at uh, Pebble. Well, he won the Amex. Yeah. Yeah, fiftieth at waste. Missed cut at Farmers. Won the Amex. Gained eighteen point eight strokes at the Amex, and then yeah. has fallen off the next three tournaments. So, will you see that high ownership on Siwoo? I'm thinking that his actual ownership may be lower than what's projected. Seventh in my model, first in strokes gained around the green. We know Siwoo's great around the green. So um, good. Third in strokes gained, par uh, 450 to 500 par fours. Sixth in strokes gained, par four, 400 to 450. Ninth in strokes gained, 150 to 175. These are all extremely important categories. If he can gain on par fours, I mean, that's just going to give him an edge. Again, really good around the green so he can minimize damage. Um, proximity 150 to 175. We mentioned once again, the most important golf shot on this course. I'm huge on Siwoo this week. 
And I mean, look, I'm not going to worry too much about his recent play. He's, you know, generally been very good other than the last three weeks, just going before that. I think he'll bounce back. So yeah, I'm a huge Siwoo fan. Now you got Tringali also playing great golf. I believe his last three, three tournaments, he's finished top 20, uh, tw top 20, all three, top 10, one of the times he'll be extremely highly owned as well, uh, extremely high owned as well, ranking 17th in my model. Who are some guys that you're looking at up here in the 7k range as well? No, I definitely agree with Siwoo. Um, he's playing fine. Obviously, he won at Amex. I mean, not many PGA Tour guys uh, can say they won recently. Um, and he, he, seems, he seems like to win on every year on tour. Um, great around the greens player. So feel comfortable with him, you know, having that, you know, 35-footer from the bunker. Go up and down a safe par, uh, four or five feet for par instead of, you know, nine, ten feet. Really does make the difference in the, in the end when you're looking at the scores and the tracker on Sunday. Say, okay, where can this guy, if he would have parred this instead of bogeying it? Oh, he had a four-foot putt, three-foot putt instead of a nine-foot putt. So I really am waiting around the green a lot this week. I do expect the winner maybe to be in the minus 10, maybe 13 range. So it's going to be a struggle this week. So pars are going to be good on these long par fours. So CU definitely, um, as you said in your model, excels in that. Um, outside of the 7K range, um, the upper 7K range, we know Henley um, can get really hot with those irons. 12% um, Henley, probably not going to play much this week, honestly. I'm probably going to more pivot towards the lower-owned 7K, 7K range this week. Um, Tringali is in good form, but I'm really going to focus my lineups around this range with Siwoo, as I do think the upper nines have similar value to most of these seven ranges. Like, I'm not going to play Gary. I'm just not. He's just shown nothing in terms of my view. Molinari, maybe. I think he's – I think he relocated to this area. Um, his form has been pretty good outside of this past week on the weekend. I'm and hoping he does his drive again <laughs> but he had two top tens before this past week um so molinari i'm also going to pivot to so probably siwu and molinari are the one two punch from this range from my viewpoint and if you're looking for an ownership pivot francisco molinari early ownership 1.6 percent on fast yeah i think that i think that could be nice uh you know molinari you know is very polarizing in terms of you know maybe golf style and DFS playing guys that love him, guys that hate him. But I think it's definitely could be worth it this week, especially with that low ownership uh, really depends on the other lineup constructions, but I'm definitely going to have Molinari shares. And I'm honestly, after you say that may have even more after that 1.6 uh, Monday night projected ownership subject to change, of course. Yeah. I mean, like you said, ranked uh, finished eighth at Amex gained everywhere uh, yep. at farmers gained everywhere, except for putting slightly lost. Um, and then finished 59th in which FF. is like, yeah, you know, just played I mean, decently well Thursday, Friday, and then the weekend, you know, it took the weekend off. Yeah, I mean, ended up losing everywhere. But I mean, look, this is like what we said, what we said the last video we did. You can't get overly emotional based on how one player plays you next. Week. It, it, could, it could switch on a dime. Every um, week is, is, is independent. Yeah, you look at maybe recent form. We know Tringali played re really well this past weekend, a ton of birdies out of him, but you really can't. You know, sweat that recent form too much. Um, these golfers, you know, they flip the switch, and if they're playing, you, you know, said, "Oh, I got two top tens. I played Saturday, Sunday poorly at Pebble. Eh, that's that's what it is." And you know, the week moves on, and you know, yeah, we, we have to Riviera this week, so you can't you can't fret upon the past. You really can't. And um, yeah, I know these golfers are mental, and it's all a mental game as well. I'm not putting anything besides that, taking away anything from that. Uh, but the mental game, you know, matters, of course, but. 
1.6 uh, Molinari, all right, sign me up. Yeah, and then we have uh, mid-7K range. A lot of guys who are, again, they've just been guys who have been consistently playing well at this mid-7K range. Sam Burns will be highly owned, probably a solid play as well. Um, you got Lanto, you got Norlander, both at 7-4. Now, a guy that I think is a little bit interesting here, we have – let me just get to him in my model. We have Charlie Hoffman, 7,300. Yeah, 7,300, Charlie Hoffman. Um, ownership coming in a lot lower than some of these guys in the 7K range. Um, Charlie Hoffman's early ownership projected at 6.4, which is pretty good. Probably means it'll maybe even be a little bit lower um, in the actual thing. Comes 28th in my model. Uh, last 24 rounds, 14th in strokes gained off the tee. 16th in strokes gained par fours, 450 to 500. Eighth in strokes gained driving distance. 11th in greens and reg uh, gains. Now, if you look at uh, uh, Chucky Hoffman from last week, <laughs> Uh, finished seventh at the at the pro am at Pebble, gained eleven point nine strokes. Had a great week. He played, he played really really well, and he missed the cut at the waist, but played great at Sony before that. Finished fourteenth. So, I think that there there could be something here with Charlie Hoffman. He is playing pretty well lately. Also, you get Luke List around that range at seven thousand three hundred dollars. Luke List. I yeah. mean, this is a guy that we go back to nonstop. And as a result, now he's 10% owned. Like you said, Luke List is a guy who's going to birdie a lot. He's going to bogey a lot. Could be good in terms of DraftKings. Uh, good off the tee. Can't putt for his life. That's what you get with Luke List. Yeah, I honestly think this lower um, to mid-7,000 range is honestly better than the top. Um, we know we see James Hahn at 7,500. Could have won a former winner. Yes. A former winner here, of course. I think he won and shot six under when it was tough conditions. Um, could be mistaken on that. Someone will need to fact check that in the comments, but I think um, Han is definitely a pivot down here. I'm definitely going to play him in some lineups. Um, he's playing good golf. Um, knows the course. Um, outside of that, Sam Burns also, I'm going to play. Um, I mentioned at the start of the show um, at the top, of the broadcast of our stream um, that I'm waiting driving distance heavy. Sam Burns is a bomber. He drives the ball very far. Um, not afraid to whip out the big stick, the driver. So I will be playing Burns and I'm pretty sure he's going to have a high ownership, maybe 10% attached to his name. Um, but you know, in a field that when I'm looking at names on this bottom here, that maybe not so much bombers. I know Davis drives it well, Harmon doesn't. Um, I'll play Burns. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll attach some of that ownership to get that longer driving. You know, it's worth it, especially in these big, uh, these big contests. He yeah. has some top ten equity as well. You know, he's finished there before. He's had leads going to Sunday. He's he's been playing pretty well, pretty good golf. Yeah, so I, I do want to mention a few last names before we move on to the 6K range here. Um, and I think I think a strategy once you get this low, and if you want to you know try and avoid some ownership, you take one of the indicators we spoke about, and you say, all right, let's take a guy that's maybe really high, highly ranked in one of these indicators. I mentioned how I love the proximity 150 to 175 stat this week. You have yeah. Brendan Steele at seven thousand one hundred dollars, ranks third in proximity 150 to 175. 41st in my model, so not great, but he does rank very highly in that one indicator, so I am going to be looking at him. Now, Kyle Stanley is a guy at 7K flat who I love this week. Stanley ranks 20, 25th in my model, ranks uh, ninth in strokes gained approach, 
sixth in green in uh, regulation gained, uh, fourth in, I, I just mentioned fourth in proximity, 150 to 175, fourth in proximity, 175 to 200, eighth in three-part avoidance. So there's a lot of indicators to like with Kyle Stanley here. And you look at the ownership here. I mean, the ownership coming in with Brennan Steele, 5.3%. The ownership with um, Kyle Stanley, 3.8%. Two great places to ownership pivot on two guys who have pretty high ownership. Uh, I mean, high, high indicators, I should say here. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and in my advice, the, the way I choose these lower 7,000 range, um, I take one of my – like, so this week I'm probably just going to go driving distance. Out of these guys, who who drives the ball the furthest? Um, I'll wait that the most in determining who am I picking out of these low guys. I know Fratelli's probably could be leading this at 7,000, uh, drives it really far. Um, and, you know, I think Jenna, I think uh, Riviera this week is going to set up for that. Drive it far, have those, you know, eight, nine iron, maybe a wedge going in and hopefully stick it within, you know, 20 feet of the hole and then hopefully sink the putt. That's obviously going to determine who wins, who can hit those putts. But yeah, ownership obviously matters down here too. I don't want to play someone that high owned unless, you know, they're breathtaking in terms of another category. Um, So definitely I agree with your points, uh, Dylan, with that. And now let's move into the 6K range. We'll quickly hit on a few guys. Like we mentioned, probably won't hit completely uh, hugely on the 6K range. Maybe a few guys at 6'9 here. Few guys that I like in the 6K range. So Matthew Neesmith, obviously we pinned him, pinned him out at uh pinned him out at uh the waist. He's been playing great, had played well at Pebble once again this week. Um finished seventh at waist, sixteenth at Pebble. Only issue you get with Neesmith is that he is coming in at 7.4% owned, which isn't that high, but it's not great for a guy down here. I don't think that's gonna stop me too much from playing some of Neesmith. Also uh, Doug Gim comes in at eight uh, 8.2% owned, so slightly high, but 6,900. Another guy who's just been consistently playing well lately. Um, all these guys, uh, Neesmith and Gim, they rank both them like let me get let me get a quick check here on my model, but I'm they both rank pretty decent. Um, Gim ranks 27th in my model, Neesmith ranks 10. So I'll probably, you know, at least look to get them. Now, if you're looking at another guy. Now, again, I said I'm going to just look at specific indicators here and say, you know what, maybe who, maybe one of these guys ranks really high in a specific indicator. If you look at Peter Malnati, I know that you obviously had a first-round leader bet on him. He's at 6,600 here, 32nd in my model. First in strokes gained putting in his last 24. Fifth in strokes gained par fours, 400 to, uh, 450 to 500. Um, 28th in proximity, 150 to 175. 26th in strokes gained approach. I think Malnati could be a solid play as well down here at 6,600 coming in. Not going to be highly owned pretty much at all, um, I believe. Yeah, 2.5% ownership right now. Yeah. Um, Malnati is also a guy that can pay off a lot of dividends in terms of DraftKings scoring. If you look at the scorecard from Malnati, you're not going to see 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 3, 4, 4, 4, 3. You're going to see 5, 3, four, five, three, five, four, you know, bogeys, birdies, um, and not a lot of pars, honestly, which is good for a guy in this range. Can Malnati make the cut and hopefully get a lot of birdies mixed in his rounds? That's where you're going to get the biggest payoff with these uh, 6,000 range. And obviously his finishing position is going to matter a lot, but I do like Doug Gim. He's playing very well. Um, He's been pretty consistent as well. Uh, So Gim, I do like. Malnati, I do agree with. Um, dare me to say it again, 
Doc Redman. Uh, I think he's at 6.6. Um, so pretty much the same price, I think, that he was at the waist. Um, just just make Doc make the cut. Make, have Doc go to Saturday. And, I mean, Kenny Birdie, three in a row, you know, whatever. I am a Doc Redman fan. He's great irons. Um, obviously, he hasn't not been playing well recently. Um, but from this range, from a pure talent standpoint, he's right there. So I think Gim, Redman, and Malnati, I, I do agree with you on, on that. And I'm going to avoid, you know, anyone from 6-3 below. I don't think there's much value there this week. And I think you can balance your lineups where you really don't have to stretch your hand uh, that far into the 6 range, if any at all, but for sure. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure if I get this far down, but if I had to give a dart throw from 6-3 uh, and below, I would say Wesley Bryan. I always seem to play him every single, every single time he's in the field. I don't know if I'll get to him at 6,100, but he does rank 33rd in my model, 7th in strokes gained approach the last 24 rounds. So, And he also has a top four finish here uh, the last few years. So, so I maybe think a little Wesley, Wesley Bryan action it, if we get yeah, uh, Riviera. If I go low, it will be Wesley Bryan, but I am mostly just targeting those guys in the upper sixes that we mentioned. Yep, I concur with that. Yeah, and that'll do it for the Genesis Invitational uh, Golf DFS show. Um, look, really excited to keep this going throughout the rest of the golf season, throughout the rest of we got the whole summer. We got a great stretch of tournaments coming up. And just yeah. remember, be sure to follow me on Twitter, at sports underscore bird. Be sure to like this video, subscribe to this channel. It really helps me out, like really, really helps me out. Be sure to like it. Be sure to subscribe. Be sure to get Glenn some Twitter followers here at goody underscore 21. I mean, we got We got to get some Twitter interaction going here between, you know, trying to grow this golf show. Um, obviously, you know, people have been on this channel watching NBA props. I would love for people to, you know, start getting into golf. It's a lot of fun. Um, so, you know, if you're watching this video, press the like really helps us out. Anything else you want to say, Glenn? Yeah, no, perfectly summed up. Uh, thanks for having uh, me on again. And the show's fun. You know, we got a great stretch of golf coming up. Uh, so, and the loaded fields are nice, you know, football is in the rear view mirror now. So it's, you know, golf is in terms of my viewpoint, uh, the forefront right now. So I'm excited and hopefully we get some, uh, good DFS lineups this week. Yeah, for sure. And I will be on Sal Vetri's YouTube channel on Wednesday on a stream talking about golf bets. So be sure to tune into that, but goodbye everyone. And good luck with your DFS lineups this week. <laughs>